Thanks for pressing play on the Real-Time 3D in Education podcast. My name is Mike Washburn. The truth is, I know Ben Kelly really well. We're co-workers. We do a lot of things together. Um, And so this is a conversation between two friends. But irregardless of our friendship, don't doubt for a second that I am inspired daily by Ben and his work and his passion for learning new things and taking the things that he absolutely loves in his practice and finding new, interesting, creative ways to teach them. He's been really well known for teaching concepts related to the Sustainable Development Goals, for example, and for years was known for doing things in Minecraft related to that. But he's recently taking these ideas to another level by doing stuff related to the SDGs in Fortnite Creative, and it's opened up a whole new world of opportunity in his classroom. And to be honest, because of his ability to share and the network that he has, it doesn't just affect him in his classroom. What Ben does spills over, frankly, all around the world with access to some of these amazing lessons that he's written for the Unreal Education team related to the Sustainable Development Goals. So I really hope you come away from this conversation inspired to take a look at some of those Unreal Education lesson plans that they have and seeing how you can use things like Fortnite Creative to teach topics related to the environment, to the Sustainable Development Goals. I think you'll find the work that Ben does really interesting and inspiring and you'll want to take the things that he's created and use them in your own class. So when we come back, my conversation with Ben Kelly. Ben Kelly, welcome to the podcast. It's good to be here. Amazing. So, um, Ben, I ask everyone to share a bit of their background. I I mean, I know you really well, but there's definitely going to be people listening who may have never come across you before. Um, I'd love to have you share your background with them, how you, you know, got into education and then how you became interested in um, what we're talking about here today, which is real time 3D technology. Well, just like uh, Jim Pedrich, which I heard or who I heard on your show earlier, because I am an avid listener of this podcast, um, my story starts with the Commodore 64. Back in the 1980s, it was the computer that I just happened to have in the house. I think my mom borrowed it from the uh, elementary school and brought it home. Um, But what I found is during the Commodore days, um, what I was drawn to as gameplay was empathy-based games. So Law of the West was a great Western game where, you know, you were the marshal in town and you were getting heckled and and hassled by everyone in town, but you had to de-escalate the situation. So I was drawn to games like that where I had to make the right choice to, you know, be the best marshal I could be. Moving into Nintendo, which dominated the 80s and and 90s, I was drawn to games like Dragon Warrior. 
Um, again, text-based games, right, where you were roaming the world and battling a few little enemies, but really you were making choices along the way to, again, help society. So my whole life yeah. I've been drawn to these games with empathy behind them, and uh, and maybe that led to education indirectly, just the fact that, you know, I empathize with the students. But really it was my New York summer job. I had a summer job in the Catskill Mountains of New York, and uh, one day as a camp counselor up there at the camp, I looked around and, you know, beautiful sunny day, and I said... I wish I could have a job where I could just do this for the rest of my life. And uh, and sure enough, you know, I had never thought of being a teacher until then. So I would have been early 20s, never thought of ever entering education. And I realized this, this is what I love. I love to not just, you know, tell students what to do. I love to join them in doing that. And, uh, and you know, my camp job led to education and my empathy. Uh, passions from being a kid grew up into carrying those into the classroom as uh, as empathy based lessons and here i am today i mean i know you as um an expert in game-based learning um certainly an expert at minecraft and, and creating lessons in minecraft but at what point did you decide to shift into um using tools like fortnite creative and, and Unreal Engine and, and tools like that. Like what, what drove you to seek that sort of pathway? Well, somewhat secretly for the past, you know, half decade or, you know, maybe half decade ago, while Minecraft was being used, I was also dabbling in the other company, uh, Unity 3D. I was dabbling in that and our kids were getting quite proficient with Unity 3D. And then one day I came home and I remember standing in the hallway of my house and I said, you know, I'm bored. I'm going to look something up. And I looked up AAA games made by Unity and it was shockingly like none. <laughs> like there was there wasn't a game on the list uh, that I could even recommend or, or know or have heard of. So then right after I typed in um, AAA games made by, by Unreal Engine. And th I think that's the moment. That's the moment that I folded yeah. in our, our entire Unity uh, progress at the school. And I realized that if we truly are getting kids ready for you know the workforce and the world of tomorrow, um, I guess it's okay to jump ship. I wish I could do that with hockey teams. I wish I could jump ship with hockey teams because you know it's been 40 painful years as a Leaf fan, but I quickly folded my Unity uh, pursuits and moved to Unreal Engine. And I think it's the greatest decision I've made educationally. I mean, you got to go, you got to pick a winner. And I really do, and the kids really do feel that we've picked a winner here and we can't wait to see the next decade uh, using these tools. Sure. And the, and the, and the kids, um, when you talk about Unreal Engine, and um, I love that answer because I talk about it all the time as well in the context of being the game engine that powers some of the biggest games in the world. And so, when you frame learning about this like that, what do the how do the kids respond in the classroom to saying we're going to use the thing that your favorite game is made on? Well, the uh, the greatest way I do it is I, I get into a discussion with say like a grade eight student and I talk about how beautiful Sea of Thieves is. So we get into the game and, and they're talking about gameplay and I'm going, yeah, but what about the beauty? And these kids respond best, very quickly. Best, wa best water in video yes. games. They, so That's they, what, what I always say. So what best they water say, in video games. So they, they come back and they say, you're right. It is, now that I think about it, Mr. Kelly, it is the, it is the most beautiful game I've ever seen. And that's when I hit them with the, well, you know, that was made with Unreal Engine and you can use that too. Mm. And so, so even from the young age of grade eight, these kids are going, really? 
like someone made that in a tool that I can use. So that's how I slide it in there. That's how I get the discussion going and uh, and start to lead them into say twin motion, show them the beauty of some of the twin motion creations you can make. And of course, Unreal Engine is the eventual goal. Um, it's just a matter of getting a hold of the older kids and, and getting a class where you can actually start to incorporate that. So Unreal Engine though, and twin motion, I mean, um... I mean, they're fairly technical programs. They, I mean, Unreal Engine, again, is used in some of the biggest, most popular video games in the world, which means that there is a incredibly high ceiling to its functionality. Um, but you're teaching this in, you know, a public school and, and, and with kids. And so talk a little bit about how you get them proficient to a, to a realm that they're happy they're happy with their learning because i think that's the the piece that 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 we don't talk about a lot is that if if kids aren't happy with the level that they attain they're not going to be motivated to continue um you know and so while you have to create probably realistic expectations that they're not going to make sea of thieves um they 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 do need to feel like they can make something and so how do you get kids into that frame of mind in and with that context in mind? Well, starting with twin motion, I, 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 I get right to the point and I say, listen, we're not going to make anything amazing here. You're not going to make the next, uh, you know, Cannes Film Festival movie. However, you can make something incredible, incredible. And so I usually throw in like TikTok, for instance. So we'll make maybe a commercial or a promotion for a company or an ad. And we throw it into TikTok and take advantage of all the music at, at TikTok's uh, disposal there. So all of a sudden you have this beautiful visual, visual experience made in twin motion combined with the music abilities of TikTok, which is where the kids live these days, and you've turned it into something, you know, powerful, something quick, something, you know, efficient, and it's basically just little commercials and things like that. With Unreal Engine, I give the kids a choice, and they always flock to what I would too. Like I gave them a choice just last year of, okay, you gotta make a little mini game, I call them mini games, and they went right to a race game. They got the car in there, they started building their desert-like fortress-type racetrack, and, you know, three or four classes later, you look over and this is all sort of self-guided as well. And they are rocking a full race game with, you know, music in behind it. And it's pretty cool. So if you give the kids some choice on what they want to make, uh, they'll find their limits very quickly. And, and I find most of them do go to the race games because those are just plain classic and they look amazing. And uh, the template offered by Epic Games is amazing as well. So I was actually going to talk about that. So it's it's great that you led me there because I think some of the people listening to this may not realize that there are thousands and thousands of assets um, available for all kinds of things, right? Like you, you can download tons of things from trees to yeah. roads, I guess. So like for the race game, you can really do whatever you want. They have a car, a fully functional sports car, which looks really, really nice. Nice car. And then basically, you're right, they, they loot the marketplace for free assets and they bring them in just one at a time or full packs and they start to place them. Um, so you're basically building your scene. But the coolest thing is once you've built your scene and once you've made the lighting right and, and the trees everywhere, you're right, things like that, castles or whatever, then you hit the play button and it becomes a full-fledged video game experience. And in the past, we've had like experiences where they spend a week or two building the race game and then we bring in judges and actually have you know a game challenge. Like the judges mark their gameplay, their scenery, and at the end we have a winner of, you know, it's almost like a game jam 
um, right there in the classroom after a few weeks building. And remember, it's all self-guided. So this is, this is grade nine level, all self-guided. So if you're looking at the difficulty scale on this, these kids will figure this out because they're so passionate about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're making they're making games and can't get much better than that sometimes right. um so you have a very long history um with um what's called um uh, the sustainable development goals and um with teaching using them your um uh your your most well known for, in fact, creating a, a world or a series of worlds uh, for Minecraft related to the sustainable development goals and then passing that world around the world. Um, um, and, and literally thousands of kids participated in this pretty great learning experience teaching about the sustainable development goals. Um, so before we talk about what you've done related to kind of 3D tools, talk a little bit about just the sustainable development goals themselves um, and and kind of your history with being interested in that content. It all comes from my, my interest in empathy. And I really do go back to the Commodore days and how I grew, grew up attracted to these empathy stories. Because if you look at the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, they really come from a place of empathy. I mean, you're one person on this planet, but the goals are really to help the others, you know, what, 7.9 billion, I think we're at at this point, or very close to 8 billion. So when you're trying to solve these real problems for real humans around the world, um, it is truly empathetic in the fact that you're just one of those people and you're really trying to solve the problem for a lot of others. So I was drawn to the fact that my STEM program, I've been a STEM teacher for, for years now, and I felt it wasn't enough. I mean, every school in the world is graduating STEM graduates. I wanted our kids to have a, a special addition or a special angle at that. So we started to convert or move all of our STEM programming um, or my STEM programming at the school to helping others. And that, that goes right back to some of the Minecraft projects you were talking about where, you know, instead of just building a house, you're building a house for someone in need, almost like the dream home makeover, the uh, home and garden um, show, right? Where, they, where the whole town swoops in and builds a home for someone like a firefighter. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's a Minecraft project as well. So when I saw Fortnite had this Fortnite creative, that's when I realized that, listen, this is next level. This is, we can get a little more intricate and a little more realistic looking um, compared to Minecraft with Fortnite. And so I started to um, mull and started to consider what that could look like in the form of challenges or real world problems that students could solve in Fortnite. So we have three lessons at this point in, in Fortnite Creative for uh, the SDGs. So, and so let's break them all down. Um um because there are there are three um i'm gonna put the link in the show notes so okay. people can check them out talk about each one talk about the goals for each one I, i'd love people to get a little bit of detail on on what these lessons are it's shocking how these three lessons relate to people and i mean a lot of people around the world like the first one is storm shields and it's for sdg 13 climate action and it talks about how 600 million people live next to the coast so 600 million people in the world are considered coastal and we've seen with the mess in Florida, even the mess that hit us up in uh, in Atlantic Canada recently, we've seen the devastation that's coming more and more and more from these hurricanes and these floods and these, you know, weather events coming in from the ocean. So what people do, what the, what the students do in this lesson is they take prefab assets from Fortnite Creative, like Paradise Palms Hotel, 
and they reimagine what that structure should look like to live with a future where storms are going to be coming more frequently, where the seas are going to be rising. So they talk about wet zones on the ground floors of hotels, which if which basically means if the seas rise, you're okay with the, the bottom floor of the hotel getting wet. Um, we talk about recurve walls that fire the waves back out into the sea. Um, so we really do get into the science of protecting coastal assets and residences and such uh, from these storms. Uh, the next lesson is more fun. It's goat getaway. But it's, uh, it's dealing with lifting local populations out of poverty when you're actually building resorts. So students go to the, uh, the islands, They're like the beautiful sandy islands. There's a world in Fortnite where you can just plop into the islands and they build a dream resort. However, they build it in a way that the local village population would appreciate it and benefit from it. So we're not just pirating these beautiful zones in the world, we're actually going in and working with the local populations to lift them out of poverty while we develop the greatest of all time getaways uh, for vacations for the rest of the world. And then finally, the, the most recent one is Inclusion Island. Um, it's near and dear to my heart. When my father was put in a wheelchair uh, late in his life, we had to rip a side of our porch or our deck off the house and build a ramp. Um, and from that idea, I realized that the goal, uh, what's it, SDG um, 10, it deals with the movement and mobility of citizens in the future. So I realized that mobility meant, you know, accessibility. We're talking about inclusion, accessibility. So in this lesson, students take prefabs from the gallery in Fortnite Creative and they improve them. They make them more accessible, not just for people with mobility issues, but people who all of us, all of us in society. I know after I eat, I eat a big meal leaving a restaurant, I'd much rather go down a ramp than the steps. Um, so all of these sort of improvements for mobility, you know, for wheelchair people and disabled people actually help the rest of society. And that's what I hope kids learn from this. They actually go in and retrofit bathrooms to make them a little more inviting to people with disabilities and mobility issues. And they do ramps on the exterior and they really start to look at homes and buildings and residences and say, how can we make these more accessible? These are real life skills. Like that, for instance, is a skilled trade skill. So we're, we're getting some of that stuff. We're getting the STEM, the skilled trades, the social studies into Fortnite Creative. And I think we've only scratched the surface with these three lessons. Not, not to mention just reminding people of the, you know, environmental crisis and the importance of <laughs> you know inclusion and empathy i mean like i mean it's 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 really um they're really great lessons um and and so if you have access to fortnite creative and um and and you're you're looking for something that teaches some of this stuff you, you should absolutely uh take a look at this content that that ben created because it is absolutely spectacular um and they've done a really good job of of producing it even like the cover images and all of that stuff the the assets related to it are, are phenomenal um so ben we like to talk about the future a little bit on the podcast as well we've talked about your background and your history and what you've done and what you're doing um but now i'd love for you to think a little bit about where you're going so um where do you see your work in kind of real-time 3d um, game design fortnite creative where do you see your work in you know three to five to seven years um and where do you see kind of education i mean you're one of the big thinkers in this group of people that are kind of leading the way um and and so uh, i i think people would be interested in knowing 
where you see this world heading in terms of teachers teaching real-time 3d teaching unreal engine teaching twin motion teaching fortnite creative in the classroom where, where are we going to be in five to seven years I think up until now, we've only seen the tip of the iceberg when it comes to games and game-based learning in class, uh, interactive 3D in class. I mean, you know, there's a lot of us, you're right, out there doing that now using Epic Games tools, uh, Minecraft, things like that. But I think we're really going to see an explosion or at least an acceleration over the next decade. Um, they are Games are coming and interactive 3D technology is coming to our classrooms. The only thing holding us back is our office PCs that are handed down from businesses, you know, seven or eight years after they've been obsolete and that's what lands in our classroom. I think if if the technology can improve in our classrooms at a decent pace, I really do believe that you're going to see interactive 3D um, opportunities mm. all over the place, but, but not so much just the tech. I think you're going to see our students become mini entrepreneurs. I think school's going to start to shift towards students doing things like mini jobs for, for real clients. Um, especially at the secondary level, I think you're going to start to see a lot of students doing real work for real clients before they even graduate high school and therefore heading into whatever's next post-secondary, I guess, with a portfolio of work already completed for clients. So if our school classrooms and tech labs, I guess, if they can get to a point where they can handle this gear, um, that's really what's holding us back. If we can get to that point, I really do think you're going to see kids starting to uh, crank out real jobs, make real money. Um, all in the school context, the secondary school context. And I'd love to see that. It's not just what I think I'll see. I, I think I'd, I'd love to work in that atmosphere at the end of my career. I mean, making a game studio in your, in your, I mean, there are um, high schools, at least in Ontario where I live that, that repair cars right. um, in, in the high school and it's, they, they, they pay them a little bit. And yep. um, so the high school shop makes, makes money from people repairing people's cars and that's a trade that they're learning why why wouldn't you make community connections with local businesses to create little apps for them right. you know for real real estate or there's tons of applications right and, and that's um, something like that's that's something you're pointing out like right now like we built tiny houses in our shop program so we actually built a tiny house for our, for a client like a $27,000 tiny house was built by kids for a client but notice how both of these stories that you and I just shared are skilled trades areas we need mm -hmm. to get that mentality, that skilled trades mm. mentality into all of our classes and get our students starting to do almost contract work, you know, almost, yeah, contract mini jobs and, and start to get, because that is the future of work. It's going to be, you know, one-offs or contract work and, um, you know, it's very entrepreneurial. So I think we can kill two birds with one stone here by allowing our students to focus on the entrepreneurship, but also their other courses in the same time and space. I mean, 3D design is going to be the skilled trade of the future. It's, it feels inevitable, right? Yeah. Well, there we go. Uh, ben, this has been awesome. So many great ideas, so many great resources. Check out the show notes for the link to the SDG lessons. Uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast. I could talk about this stuff all day. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>